Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos on Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello and thanks for joining us in Growing Together from Petersfield Shine Radio. I'm Claire Venice and I'm joined by my new co-presenter, Chairman of the Adhurst Estate Allotments, Steve Amos. Good afternoon. Hi Steve. How you doing? I'm good thanks, good. how are you? Yeah, I'm alright thank you. Welcome to my shed. Well, yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Last month in January, it was a pretty frosty morning, wasn't it? It was and really cold. We recorded in, inside in your house. We did. But this month, February, I'm so excited to be saying that we're actually in your shed on your plot at the Adhurst Estate Allotments. We are. It's a bit windy outside, so we thought we'd come inside, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. We will gradually, I think. Yeah. <laughs> As the year step. goes on, it'll get a bit warmer and we'll, 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 we'll venture outside. <laughs> we're nearly there now. There's no central heating in here, I'm sorry. It's not cold. It's, it's not, not too cold. cold. We're out the window, aren't we? So it's okay. And the door's open, so we're looking out onto, oh, fabulous plots, all ready to go. They're raring and ready to go. There's a lot of work gone on, certainly around, around my plot. We've had some newbies come and join us and um, yeah a lot of hard work's gone into plots already which has been really good to see actually it's exciting it yeah is. No, it is yeah yeah it's definitely exciting the one guy's even got his bean poles up which wow. i think's a bit early but ambitious hey, he told me he wanted all his construction done before spring and then he could just focus on growing okay so fair play to him it's organized yeah, it, yeah, yeah. puts me to shame, I have to say. I'm a bit embarrassed, actually. <laughs> well, you must get so much you know, inspiration from what other people are doing on their plots here. If you're at home like I am and I'm just working in my garden, it's just me and what I see or read about as I go about my sort of daily life. But here, you're just immersed in it, aren't you? Yeah, it's great. And I actively encourage people to you know, have a walk around the plots because there's no right or wrong way of doing anything. And I think the more inspiration you get from other people, and you know the best best form of flattery is, is mimicry, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, know, you see see a good idea. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to go and have a go at that. And there's more and more people going down the. I mean, mine aren't exactly raised beds, but down the raised bed route. And it's, it's interesting to see, actually, much to the disgust of my neighbour. But, um, <laughs> but if you look across, he's slowly going that way as well, actually, oh, which is, is quite he? funny. But don't tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it quiet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting because, like you said, there are no rules, are there? And a lot of the time. I particularly have learnt by just doing but what works one year you carry on into the next well, don't you you know growing in general it's got two chances hasn't it mm-hmm. it either works or it yeah, doesn't so. and if it doesn't work you don't do it again next year do you or you try it a different way well, you're right you learn by your mistakes I think as long as you continue to make mistakes you continue to learn don't you yeah absolutely yeah. and I think there's some great people around here with tons of knowledge you know years and years of gardening experience you know it'd be interesting actually to do a poll of how many years of gardening experience is on the allotments combined. I think that would be really interesting. That would be interesting. Because you've got people with none at all, and then you've got people who've been gardeners 50, 60 years. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to actually coming here when it's busy, you know, it's vibrant and busy, there's lots of people here. We'll get heckled. Having a chat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) No, I think we might, I think we might. But your shed is lovely, and it is a real communal space here, isn't it? I mean, we've got a cup of tea, got a coffee, there are beers here if it takes your fancy. I've got to keep that that quiet too. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm letting (laughs) your secrets out. There's little jars of jam, all sorts of stuff here. I know, well, you know, any fool can be uncomfortable, can't they? And I think, you know, the shed doesn't have any tools in it. Um, you know, we've got a stove, got a kettle, and it's a great place, you know, to come and hide out the cold on a cold day. You know, come and come and hide in here, have a cup of tea. Me and uh, Coxie next door. Sunday mornings is our, our morning. 
and we're quite often people have a laugh at us that we're either sat on the veranda or sat in here with like a couple of old men with, with our cups of tea or coffee putting the worlds to rights it's good fun brilliant so february yep february. already yeah and and it's actually been not too bad at the end of january so i've been busy i don't know about you what have you been doing? Yeah, so I've been up here the last few weekends, just starting to get back on top of stuff. Lots of tidying up, lots of cutting back sort of perennials. Got myself an absolute bargain at Hilliers the other day. A pair of perennial shears. Absolutely superb. What I've ever done without them, I don't know. But um, they've been great. So I've, I've got a new bit of plot over there, which has got a real nice herbaceous border. So I've been going through that, cutting back all the perennial growth from last year, all, all the stuff that's died back. Put all that on the bonfire, all the compost. And um, yeah, just generally, starting to tidy up, pick mm. stuff up that's blown around over the depths of winter and starting to wake up a little bit up here, really. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing, there's lots of preparation, isn't uh, there, this time of year? Yeah, and there's always something to do, and it, it cracks me up. Look, Coxie and I have always said, you know, it'd be really nice to sit down here one, one summer's afternoon and not do anything. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it, it's a very nice place to come and relax and do nothing, but there is always something to do. Mm. No matter what time of year, there's always something to do, whether that's on the plot or in the garden. Well, I've been cutting back my roses. Ah, I, yeah. I love roses, so I have a lot of roses okay. in the garden. Some in pots, some climbing, and I even have a Ragosa rose hedge at oh, the wow. front of my garden, oh, okay. which I put in bare root this time of year, probably six or seven years ago. Yeah, Just yeah. little sticks they were, and, and now, my goodness, they've grown like mad, and I, I love them. They're beautiful, and then mm. they have bright green leaves initially, then they have these lovely, huge flowers, which later on in the year turn into these massive hips. Big hips, yeah, So yeah. all the way through, they're lovely. Brilliant. Except this time of year, where they're just really spiky. Yeah. They're so, <laughs> they so, bite, don't they? so Roses, yeah, they, they, oh, yeah, they don't, so. they have no mercy, do they? No, they don't, and I've learned that the hard <laughs> way. So now, good pair of gardening gloves, and, and I'm off. So I've nearly, nearly done, though, that's quite a job. So I've nearly done that. Yeah, ro roses and brambles. When a rose climbs through something else as well and you're pruning the something else and it grabs hold of you and you end up with a you know a rose rash around your wrist or something. Yeah, it's lovely yeah, isn't it yeah absolutely <laughs> that's me at the moment Excellent. but it's great because it's all preparation and i can't wait i mean already you can see buds are coming out yeah underneath the tree in front of my house there's almost a, a blanket of snowdrops of, of different varieties all coming up in amongst the hellebores which are all starting to flower as well at the moment. It's so it's, yeah, it's that first sign of colour, it looks looks really nice. So have you planted anything since I last spoke to you? So I, I treated myself not long after I spoke to you actually, the first time. I've been toying with the idea of getting a decent propagator for, for some time and I bit the bullet this year and I bought, what is, what's it called, a Vitapod okay. um, propagator. Fits six whole seed trays in it. It's a bit of a beast. That's big. It, yeah, it's a beast and it's all temperature controlled um, it's great. What I've ever done without it, I really don't know. <laughs> but all the onions went in there just after I spoke to you. They're all up. Seed onions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sets, absolutely not a problem with them, but there's much more variety available. With anything, you know, whether you, you know, go down bulbs or whatever. Seeds, there's so much more variety, especially with onions. And obviously I grow for the show bench and the show varieties just aren't available as sets at all. So you have to grow from seed. It's quite funny because I'm just coming to the end of last year's onions for eating and I'm just starting sowing the new ones and to think from that tiny little seed, less than a millimetre in diameter, you know, you grow a, an onion that weighs nearly a kilo, which is, which is phenomenal really. That's amazing, Yeah, yeah it's it? incredible. It really nature, is. Nature at its best, it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So what varieties have you got? Do you remember what onions Yeah, you yeah, so um, two small types, um, Tough Ball and Vento and then 
the other ones are an exhibition onion, the big ones, for an exhibition onion from a chap up in North Wales called Medwin Williams, who sells to the public, but he's 13 times gold medal winner at Chelsea, I think. Kind of knows what he's doing. You'd hope so, <laughs> you'd hope so. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, so that's, that's all up. Um, sweet peas are in. Mm-hmm. They're just starting to show themselves now. So they've got a bit of bottom heat, um, but not covered. And obviously try and keep them away from the mice. Which, which is always a mission because mice love the sweet peas. So that's all, all up and growing. I showed you the other greenhouse. Yes. So the shallots are yeah. well away in there. So wait till, wait till about March time, end of March, for those to go in the ground. But yeah, no, it's really starting to ramp up. I think February for me is, you know, the more tender stuff for the greenhouse, like your, your cucumbers and your, your to- certainly tomatoes. For me, next week is, is tomato week. Okay. We start putting all the tomato seeds in. Early February for you? Yeah, and then, you know, once they're up, keep them frost-free, keep them out, out of the way and make nice, strong plants. Now, have you started to chit your potatoes yet? Because I know they, that was something... They've not arrived yet. Ooh. So, <laughs> eager anticipation. I was, I was on the market on Saturday at the Eggman and uh, got a dozen egg trays off him to put the to put the seed potatoes in because they, they're ideal. Yeah. They are absolutely. Yeah, no, perfect. They're the best thing, aren't they? Yeah, no, yes, definitely. I use those too. Although actually, I'm not growing potatoes. I haven't for a couple of years because I had a nasty accident <laughs> digging potatoes up one year. How can you have an accident digging oh, potatoes up? Well, silly. Doing something quickly, which is a really bad thing to do, isn't it? With anything, and I popped out in the garden. I'll just stick a couple of potatoes up on a Sunday for dinner, you know, that, that evening and did it far too quickly and I put the garden fork through my welly. No. Through my toe. Uh, <laughs> on my right foot. Sorry, I shouldn't yeah. have. <laughs> it's, it's oh my goodness. Silly thing to do. And you know when you've done something bad, don't you? Yeah. And you just think, oh, I've done something horrible and I don't want to take my welly off and you probably couldn't I, if it was skewered to your foot. I took, well, it was, I took it out. It was one of those immediate things, but I knew that I'd hurt it, and I'd actually broken. I'd broken part of the bone oh, in the middle goodness. toe of my right foot. Put your potatoes for dangerous, life. Dangerous, dangerous things for me. So, no, I don't do potatoes <laughs> anymore. Oh, my goodness. I've never heard that before. That's yeah. brilliant. Steel toe shoes from I'm, now on in yeah, as well. Blimey. Yeah, take care, listeners. <laughs> yes. Don't do that. No, don't quickly dig your potatoes up. No, potatoes, I grow... Well, I'm going to go three, only three varieties this year. A coloured one for the show bench, a white one for the show bench, and then the lovely Anya potato, which we just go, my kids went mad for last year, so we we'll just nice. do a load of those. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got, like you, I have sweet peas growing, and I'm all set and ready to start um, the tomato seeds yep. and chilies. Oh, you've got chilies in yet? Not yet. Okay. No, um, because I didn't have the seeds. I thought no. I had some left right, over okay. from last year, yeah, yeah. but I literally got them this past weekend. And actually, there's a there's also another one I haven't got yet, which I want to try. So I'm going back to the what, ones a variety I did of chili? last year. Yeah. Okay. So last year I did this variety called Spangles Twilight. Sounds very fancy. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, they're Brazilian. Okay. And they're little sort of strawberry shaped chilies. Oh right. Okay. And and they turn with different colours actually before they go red. So they look really attractive as well. And there is a tiny bite of heat. There's a bit of bit of a bite to them. They're gorgeous actually. Well, they're we had fantastic loads. plants, aren't they? Chili plants. You know, as you say, with the fruit on there. Mm. And when they go that lovely red, they do. They're brilliant. Yeah. They're yeah, just they're... happy to see, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're great. So there's a new variety um, I want to try called Lemon Drop which is a Peruvian variety of chilli, a little bit hotter than the the Spangles Twilight. So yeah, I'm looking forward to eating those seeds. Brilliant, sounds good. Quite into my chilies this year. It sounds like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I only grow 
usually just one variety and I can't remember what I bought this year. But I grow something different every year. I'm not a massive chilli eater, but you know, we'll go with what we get. And the other thing that's starting to thinking about kicking off bit early yet for me but I know some of the bigger growers are, are all over it is, is getting the dahlias going again. I was going to ask you because I know you're king of the dahlias. Oh, really, no, 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 <laughs> keen amateur, definitely a keen amateur. So I grow my stuff from cuttings. So all the stuff I use in the shows is generally grown from cuttings. So um, yeah, bit of bottom heat in a warm greenhouse soon, probably end, end of February for me because I just don't have the space or the infrastructure to keep up with all the cuttings and what have you. But um, yeah, no, that should, that, that starts, starts soon. I actually grew some from seed last year. Okay. For the very first time. Mm-hmm. I, I'd been a little bit intimidated by dahlias actually, but l- I love them. I love the sight of them. So I oh, thought I'd give them a amazing go. Amazing plants. I, and yeah. I didn't realise that you could grow them from seed yeah. because obviously you see the tubers in the, the shop and that's mm. what sort of stands out, doesn't it? Rather yeah. than going to look at them in, in the, the section of The thing is, I, I, did a, I did an experiment last year so I grew, I grew a variety called Red Honka. So the Honka variety is like a five-pointed star. Um, so bright red with a yellow center. Absolutely glorious and a fabulous name as well, Red Honka. You know. <laughs> so I saved some seed from it the year before. Planted them probably about this time of year as an experiment to see what came from them. And I got, I think I got 20 plants in the end um, from this saved seed. And not one of them looked like the Red Honka. There was all sorts, really lovely looking dahlias but all sort of variations on a star. Some looked a little bit more like um, the sort of water lily, some looked like um, the collarettes, then there were some stars, but no red with yellow centers. It had all red, I had all yellow, but nothing that looked like the mother plant. How weird. So I think when you look at okay. dahlia seeds, and the, what the ones I've looked at, you get like a variety pack, you never get a single variety because I don't think you're ever gonna get what the mother plant gave because of all the hybridization mm-hmm. with dahlias and dahlias, you can get every shape, size, color that, that you want. The only true way of getting the same as you've had is either splitting the tuber or taking cuttings. Now splitting the tuber? Yeah. yeah. How do you do that? Yes, yeah, so dig, dig your tubers up in the autumn, wash them off, dry them off, keep them frost free. And then when they're all completely dried out, actually if you get hold of the tuber, you can see where you've cut the, the plant down, you can give it a bit of a wriggle, and sometimes they just come apart in, in two bits mm-hmm. without actually cutting anything. What the Americans do, what the Americans like to do, is what they call turkey legs. So a big bit of tuber with a bit of the, the neck or the, the crown, um, and just have that, and then they plant that, and then you get the replication of, of the mother plant that way. But the key is to keep a small piece of the neck or the crown of the, the tuber, because that's where the new shoots come from. So if you've got a bit of tuber and a bit of crown, but the connecting bit isn't broken, you stand a good chance of yeah. multiplying your stock. I did that last year, worked really, really well. You know, from, from one big tuber, I probably got eight, 10 plants, which were all really healthy. And if it doesn't come apart, sharp knife, straight, go for it, just go for it. Just remember to take a bit of the crown and some healthy tuber and some healthy crown, and you should be fine. And you can do that this time of year, if you put it in a pot? Yeah, uh, it's a bit, er, bit early yet, bit early. really, okay. unless you've got a heated greenhouse. But even then, it's, it's probably best to wait a little while because they're super frost sensitive, the plants. The tuber's not too bad, but the plants are so frost sensitive, the slightest whiff of a minus number and they'll keel over. So it's worth waiting, be patient, wait a little while. If you've got some tubers in storage, get them out, start dividing them now, absolutely, and then put them back in storage. 
so you're all ready to go probably if you've not got a heated greenhouse probably March and the okay. end of March start thinking about doing it but I certainly wouldn't be planting dahlias out fresh dahlias until at least at least April when you know there's going to be no more frost I must admit I tend to leave anything that looks like it would not survive in a frost I leave it until May, early yeah. May. oh yeah yeah I, I got caught out a couple of years ago I was planting my dahlias here one April afternoon and uh, chap across the way from me yeah, there's a frost next week, don't you? That would be ridiculous. Is there going to be no frost next week? I got home and looked at the weather forecast and it was dropping down to minus four. So I did, you, did you come back? No, I didn't dig them up. What I did, I, I hastily built shelters <laughs> over all the dahlias. I did the, sort of the hoops and then put black the meerpore, um sort of weed suppressing material over the top. So they, they had a camp out for a week. I lost the end ones, obviously where the frost got in, but the other ones in the middle, well, they were fine. Oh, well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done, that man for saying yeah, Well, yeah, if he hadn't, I probably wouldn't have noticed and I'd lost a lot. Talking of making things, yep. last month you mentioned you've got a bit of a project this year with your carrots. Uh, project carrot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you can see down the end of the, the plot there, I've got two large crates, wooden crates, and then three 55 gallon drums. Tops all cut off, ready to go. So I phoned Travis Perkins this morning to get a quote for some sand. I think we need four big bags of sand to fill them up. Wow. Um, and Travis Perkins seems quite pricey. So I'm gonna have a little shop around. I don't mind spending money if you have to, but if you can spend a little bit less money, mm. it's even better, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, so I think four bags should do me. Maybe with a little bit left over because I've still got the original carrot beds just there that looks like just to the left there. Okay, yeah. You can see that what looks like a western wagon. That's 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 the original carrot bed, which I'll probably use again to be honest. Just need some new um, environment mesh to go over the top. And that's the other thing I need to buy for Project Carrot next year. I've not bought that yet either. But I'll get the barrels filled with the sand, then get the environment mesh sorted out because you know next month can start planting carrots. I was going to ask, so March, March time? March, yeah. Okay, and middle, they're all right with a bit of frost? Bit of cold, yeah, mm. fleece. But March, really, I start, start them going. I know, it's exciting. Are you going to start them actually in the barrels or are you going to start them in compost in the greenhouse? Oh, no, no, like start them where they grow. Yeah, carrots, carrots just don't, in my opinion, don't like being disturbed. Because the trouble is the taproot is so fine on a carrot. Somebody I was helping with a bit of gardening bought a tray of carrots for them, carrot seedlings, and they just fork like nobody's business, which isn't a problem if you're just going to eat them. But, you know, aesthetically, they don't look great. As I said, the taproot on a carrot is so fine. You know, when you get a clump of carrot seedlings together, to break them up is really difficult. So what I do is I sow three seeds per growing space and then thin two out and then let the strongest one grow on. So Exciting. fingers crossed. Yeah, so three foot carrots. <laughs> by the summer, by the summer, we'll have three foot long carrots. I can't wait to see them. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to pull some carrots live. A big unveiling. Exactly, exactly. It might be the biggest disappointment going. <laughs> oh, I, hope not. I really hope you can do it. I really hope you can do uh, it. We'll see. We'll That'd see. Be brilliant. You've got to give it a go, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we said earlier, you, it's got two chances, hasn't it? Yeah. It either will or it won't. And it's nice to have a project each year. It's nice mm. to have a project. To, oh, definitely. To work towards. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if all that's fails, just coming in and drown my sorrows with my beer selection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with your projects, do a lot of people here make their own pots and things to grow and, and, and have on the allotments? There's a lot of sort of thrifty gardening going on. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, some people just throw money at a problem, which if you've got that much money, fair enough, just go for it. You know, there's, there's a couple of people that have spent an inordinate amount of money on um, scaffold plants and stuff for their new beds. Fair play to them, you know. Uh, I think I might have to actually spend some money shortly, but all, all the beds I've got 
is from wood that I've got donated or have found on FreeCycle or what have you. So thrifty gardening for me, it, it should be the allotment way. Spending as little money as you can is, is definitely the way ahead. But um, yeah, I think there's a real mix. Some people will just go and buy new, whereas you know I tend to scrounge around and see what, see what I can find mm. to, and make, make do with, with what I've got. Some stuff you've just got to buy, like EnviroMesh. You don't have to buy it, but I choose to buy it to protect the carrot from the carrot fly. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. More and more people are definitely conscious of plastic. You know, a lot of people are talking about plastic-free, how to do that, and peat-free stuff as well. People mm. are talking about that a lot. At the moment, stuff like the plastic-free stuff is more expensive, and the peat-free stuff is more expensive. So it's a real balance with what's good for the environment and what's good for your pocket. And if you can find that sort of middle ground, I think that's probably the way ahead at the moment until the more environmentally friendly stuff becomes more readily available and more affordable to people. Yeah, and that is an issue. You're absolutely right, because as gardeners, we all want to do what's good for the environment. We We want to do the right thing, because that's what we love. But yeah, the the, the cost of it doesn't always make sense, does it? No, no. And, you know, going back to, you know, the way I grow my carrots, they're the most expensive carrots in the world. Mm. (laughs) Literally, but it's, it's how I choose to do them. Other people do it the traditional way in the ground and let nature take take its course. Yeah, I mean, I I said I was going to do a project last year that I didn't do, and that's to make my own planters out of wood, which I haven't done. I'm not the handiest person when it comes to (laughs) a hammer and nails, but I'm going to give it a go. I've got an area where there's not a lot growing. It's by my driveway and there's some fences there and I tend to grow my tomatoes there actually every year because it's a bit of a sun trap. I have some in the greenhouse and some I grow outside That's depending right, yeah. on the varieties. But it's an area where I look out on every single day and it would be nice to have something there almost year round. Mm. So I'm going to try and make some wooden planters this year. Excellent. The internet is a brilliant source of information and ideas these days isn't it and I know last summer my youngest daughter and I built a planter and I'm not offering to build yours <laughs> I've, Quickly got, put I've, in this. I've got enough to do <laughs> but really simple design it was a two-stepped planter two levels and we made it out of decking boards which was a really reasonably priced timber that we got from Travis it's amazing how much you need when you start measuring up if you're doing a meter wide planter and it's three tiers high all of a sudden you're talking quite a few meters of timber and it the price just goes mad but yeah there's loads of stuff on the internet and you don't need to be a good chippy to to knock up a fairly decent plant i like your company i managed it (laughs) i managed it and i'm nowhere near a decent chippy did you line it inside no you didn't need no. to. Well, I probably did need to, but I didn't. Okay, I feel inspired. <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> I'm sure it won't fall apart. No. Okay, but you've, what you've got to remember, obviously, how deep you make it, you've then got to fill it with compost. What we did, we put false bottoms in it. So the compost was only actually about eight, ten inches deep. That's you know, clever. So you just do false bottoms on it, okay. which seemed to work. And we did put a liner on the bottom there to stop all the compost going through the holes. But apart from that, it wasn't lined. Yeah, so there you go. Okay, tips. Good tips. Top tip. Thank you. <laughs> so all this talk of projects and things like that, getting ready this time of year, do you put soil improver or anything in your raised beds? What yeah, do you do? We, here we, we're getting two loads of manure. We're still stop waiting. Um, I need to organise the, the next load of manure to come in. So we get 15 tonne at a time. Um, not just for my plot, but it's sort of first come, first served, and we sort of sell it at a pound a barrow from the communal heap. But yeah, now I generally every year, depending what I'm, the plan is, as you can see on the on the wall there, is last year's plan. Um, so I need to redo that for this year. 
and then what doesn't need manuring to like a potato bed don't put fresh manure in my onion beds so it's just too rich and the onions can in, in my opinion they, they rot so what needs manuring what doesn't need manuring and then pull back the covers layer of manure over the top put the covers back on and you know well, we've had some really good drying weather recently so actually it's probably about ripe for digging at the moment so just dig that in and then before you plant i put my tiller through it make it a nice nice easy easy bed to plant in okay i always thought this time of year was a bit late for putting yeah, it probably on. is a bit but if you if, if it's really well rotted stuff it's um it's not it, it won't, won't do any harm definitely not oh that's good because i do have some i did get some manure and it's just sitting there at home because i didn't get a chance to put it in before the winter really hit but that's good to know it can go in well you know as, as you know i fly by the seat by pants most <laughs> of the time so if you've not done it already just get it done now and yeah. then dig it in well and it should be fine and the frost will help break it down yeah as well, exactly won't it? yeah so yeah, good yeah. time of year if you're rough dig now leave it to the elements and then put a fork through it before you start digging or if you've got a tiller or a small rotavator put that through just before you plant that's okay. what i do seems to work well yeah. it does <laughs> and looking at your plot here you've got a, a good plan for your plots and you rotate everything don't you yeah I, I don't really have a hard and fast rule about how to rotate you think if you look on the rhs website it'll give you an idea that and i'm making this up completely now you know you, your beans follow brassicas and your potatoes follow your beans Basically, I just move everything one plot, one bed down every year. And then when it gets to the bottom, they go back to the top. Yeah, so, that's a good system. And it, and it just saves any sort of pest buildup in the beds. You can plant the same stuff every year, but you stand a bigger risk of a buildup of pests or diseases in your soil if you don't rotate. It's obviously different plants either put stuff back into the ground or take stuff out and before you know it if you're using the same beds year in year out for the same things you'll either run out of nutrients or it'll be so full of nasties that you won't be able to grow anything anyway i say no scientific real way of doing it on my plot i just literally move it down a bed and it, it works as, as we said at the beginning there's no there's no right or wrong way really it's just your way and if, if that's the way that works for you then that's the way you do it and how, how many years have you been here so the allotment started in the summer of 2012 um, and I had a plot down the other end and then this came available four or five years ago but we took it over and it was an absolute mess it was literally full of nettles yeah it was a, it was a real mess so devised a plan a lot of hard work over from sort of August I think we took it over to the spring it was a lot of work to get it good enough to, to start growing stuff in really that's hard work it was hard work yeah <laughs> it really was hard work but oh it's all worth it in the end you know I think and now I think next year I'm going to need to replace some some of the timbers on the beds because they started to rot a bit. But it's done well, you know. Five years I think is 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 a good return considering it didn't cost me any money for all the timber. So it's probably about time I put my hand in the pocket. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, just keep on top of things. I've got weeds coming up already. So mm. every time I walk by, if I see one, pull them out because if they start to get hold, then that's well, just the old saying, isn't it? Keep, keep a hoe on the move. When you don't see a weed, you'll never see a weed or something like that, isn't it? I can't, can't remember what, what the phrase is exactly, but no, keep keep the hoe going through it all the time. And a good sharp hoe as well. I use the concrete paving slab to sharpen the hoe. Yeah, so okay. it's, it is razor sharp. Ouch, yeah. So watch your toes. If you can't manage a fork, yeah. <laughs> fork safely when you're digging potatoes, certainly watch a sharp hoe. I stand way back, don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> Well, Steve, it's been great catching up with you again. Thank you for no inviting me to No problem at all. No, as lot. you say, you're very welcome. Hopefully it'll be a bit warmer next time when we might venture outside. You never know. I'm looking exactly. forward to yeah, it. awesome. Either way, it's lovely here. Thank you very much. No and problem. If you have any questions for Steve or myself, we would love to hear from you. Or if you just want to say hi, do get in touch. You can email us 
at team at shineradio.uk or you can call or WhatsApp us on 01730 We'll be back in March, so happy gardening for February. together new every month and always online at shineradio.uk queen of the borders i wanted to get a head start because i don't think i did the previous year king of the allotments so i've always been keen on gardening forever petersfield gardening royalty growing together on shine radio give it a go this year you never know and we're here on hand if you have any questions growing together with claire venice and steve amos New every month and always online at shineradio.uk. Mm-hmm.